Chapter forty one of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The host departeth from the shadowy vale, the first day's journey. It was about three hours before noon that the host began to enter into the pass out of shadowy vale by the riverside, and the women and children and men, unfightworthy, stood on the higher ground at the foot of the cliffs to see the host wend on the way of these many were of the woodlanders who were now one folk with them of shadowy vale and all these had chosen to abide tidings in the vale deeming that there was little danger therein since that last slaughter which folk might had made of the dusky men albeit face of god had offered to send them all to burgstead with two score and ten men-at-arms to guard them by the way and to eke out the warders of the burg now the fighting men of shadowy vale were two long hundreds lacking five of whom two score and ten were women, and three score and ten lads under twenty winters. But the women, though you might scarce see fairer of face and body, were doughty in arms, all good shooters in the bow, and the swains were eager and light-foot, cragsmen of the best, wont to scaling the cliffs of the vale in search of the nests of gerfalcons and such-like fowl, and swimming the strong streams of the shivering flood, tough bodies and wiry, stronger than most grown men and as fearless as the best the order of the departure of the host was this the woodlanders went first into the pass and with them were two score of the ripe warriors of the wolf then came of the kindreds of burgdale the men of the steer the bridge and the bull then the men of the vine and the sickle then the shepherd folk and lastly the men of the face led by stoneface and hallface with these went another two score of the dwellers in shadowy vale, and the rest were scattered up and down the bands of the host to guide them into the best paths, and to make the way easier to them. Face of God was sundered from his kindred, and went along with folk might in the forefront of the host, while his father the alderman went as a simple man-at-arms with his house in the rearward. The sunbeam followed her brother and face of God amidst the warriors of the wolf, and with her were Beaumay, clad in the alderman's gift, and Woodfather and his children. Beaumay had caused her to doff her hauberk for that day, whereon they looked to fall in with no foeman. As for the bride, she went with her kindred in all her war-gear, and the morning sun shone in the gems of her apparel, and her jewelled feet fell like flowers upon the deep grass of the upper vale, and shone strange and bright amongst the black stones of the pass she bore a quiver at her back and a shining yew-bow in her hand and went amongst the bowmen for she was a very deft archer so fared they into the pass leaving peace behind them with all their banners displayed and the banner of the red-mouthed wolf went with the wolf and the sunburst in the forefront of their battle next after the two captains as for their road the grassy space between the rock-wall and the water was wide and smooth at first, and the cliffs rose up like bundles of spear-shafts, high and clear from the green grass, with no confused litter of fallen stones. So that the men strode on briskly, their hearts high-raised and full of hope, and as they went, the sweetness of song stirred in their souls, and at last Beaumay fell to singing in a loud clear voice, and her cousin Woodwise answered her, and all the warriors of the wolf who were in their band fell into the song at the ending 
and the sound of their melody went down the water and reached the ears of those that were entering the pass and of those who were abiding till the way should be clear of them and this is some of what they sang hear ye never a voice come crying out from the waste where the winds fare wide sons of the wolf the days are dying and where in the clefts of rocks do ye hide into your hands hath the sword been given hard are the palms with the kiss of the hilt through the trackless waste hath the road been riven for the blade to seek to the heart of the guilt and yet ye bide and yet ye tarry dear deem ye the sleep twixt hearth and board and sweet the maiden mouths ye marry and bright the blade of the bloodless sword yea here we dwell in the arms of our mother the shadowy queen and the hope of the waste here first we came when never another adown the rocky stair made haste far is the foe and no sword beholdeth what deed we work and whither we wend dearer the days and the year enfoldeth the love of our life from end to end voice of our fathers why will ye move us and call up the sun our souls to behold why will ye cry on the foeman to prove us why will ye stir up the heart of the bold purblind am i the voice of the chiding then tell me what is the thing ye bear what is the gift that your hands are hiding the gold adorned the dread and dear dark in the sheath lies the anvil's brother hid is the hammered death of med would ye look on the gift of the green-clad mother how then shall ye ask for a gift again show, show we the, the sunlight the, the gift of the mother as foot follows foot to the foreman's den gleam sun breathe wind on the anvil's brother for bare is the hammer death of men therewith they shook their naked swords in the air and fared on eagerly and as swiftly as the pass would have them fare but so it was that when the rearward of the host was entering the first of the pass and was going on the wide smooth sward the vanward was gotten to where there was but a narrow space clear betwixt water and cliff for otherwhere was a litter of great rocks and small hard to be threaded even by those who knew the passes well so that men had to tread along the verge of the shivering flood and wary must they be for the water ran swift and deep betwixt banks of sheer rock half a fathom below their very foot-soles which had but bare space to go on the narrow way so it held on for a while and then got safer and there was more space for going betwixt cliff and flood albeit it was toilsome enough since for some way yet there was a drift of stones to cumber their feet some big and some little and some very big after a while the way grew better though here and there where the cliffs lowered were wide screes of loose stones that they must needs climb up and down thereafter for a space was there an end of the stony cumber but the way betwixt the river and the cliffs narrowed again and the black crags grew higher and at last so exceeding high and the way so narrow that the sky overhead was to them as though they were at the bottom of a well and men deemed that thence they could see the stars at noontide for some time withal had the way been mounting up and up though the cliffs grew higher over it till at last they were but going on a narrow shelf the shivering flood swirling and rattling far below them betwixt sheer rock walls grown exceeding high and above them the cliffs going up towards the heavens as black as a moonless starless night of winter and as the flood thundered below 
so above them roared the ceaseless thunder of the wind of the pass that blew exceeding fierce down that straight place so that the skirts of their garments were wrapped about their knees by it and their feet were well nigh stayed at whiles as they breasted the push thereof but as they mounted higher and higher yet the noise of the waters swelled into a huge roar that drowned the bellowing of the prisoned wind and down the pass came drifting a fine rain that fell not from the sky for between the clouds of that drift could folk see the heavens bright and blue above them this rain was but the spray of the great force up to whose steps they were climbing now the way got rougher as they mounted but this toil was caused by their gain for the rock wall which thrust out a buttress there as if it would have gone to the very edge of the gap where through the flood ran and so have cut the way off utterly was here somewhat broken down and its stones scattered down the steep bent so that there was a passage though a toilsome one thus then through the wind-borne drift of the great force through which men could see the white waters tossing down below amidst the clattering thunder of the shivering flood and the rumble of the wind of the gap that tore through their garments and hair as if it would rend all to rags and bear it away the banners of the wolf won their way to the crest of the midmost height of the pass and the long line of the host came clambering after them and each band of warriors as it reached the top cast an unheard shout from amidst the tangled fury of wind and waters a little further on and all that turmoil was behind them the sun now grown low smote the wavering column of spray from the force at their backs till the rainbows lay bright across it and the sunshine lay wide over a little valley that sloped somewhat steeply to the west right up from the edge of the river and beyond these western slopes could men see a low peak spreading down on all sides to the plain till it was like to a bossed shield and the name of it was shield broad dark grey was the valley everywhere save that by the side of the water was a space of bright greensward hedged about toward the mountain by a wall of rocks tossed up into wild shapes of spires and jagged points the river itself was spread out wide and shallow and went rattling about great grey rocks scattered here and there amidst it till it gathered itself together to tumble headlong over three slant steps into the mighty gap below from the height in the pass those grey slopes seemed easy to traverse but the warriors of the wolf knew that it was far otherwise for they were but the molten rock sea that in time long past had flowed forth from shield broad and filled up the whole valley endlong and overthwart cooling as it flowed and the tumbled hedge of rock round about the green plain by the river was where the said rock sea had been stayed by meeting with soft ground and had heaped itself up round about the greensward and that great rock flood as it cooled split in diverse fashions and the rain and weather had been busy on it for ages so that it was worn into a maze of narrow paths most of which after a little brought the wayfarer to a dead stop or else led him back again to the place whence he had started so that only those who knew the passes thoroughly could thread that maze without immeasurable labour now when the men of the host looked from the high place whereon they stood toward the green plain by the river they saw on the top of that rock wall a red pennon waving on a spear 
and beside it three or four weaponed men gleaming bright in the evening sun and they waved their swords to the host and made lightning of the sunbeams and the men of the host waved swords to them in turn for these were the outguards of the host and the place whereon they were was at whiles dwelt in by those who would drive the spoil in silverdale and amidmost of the greensward was a booth builded of rough stones and turf a refuge for a score of men in rough weather so the men of the vanward gat them down the hill and made the best of their way toward the grassy plain through that rocky maze which had once been as a lake of molten glass and as short as the way looked from above it was two hours or ever they came out of it on to the smooth turf and it was moonlight and night ere the house of the face had gotten on to the greensward there then the host abode for that night and after they had eaten lay down on the green grass and slept as they might Beaumay would have brought the sunbeam into the booth with some others of the women but she would not enter it because she deemed that otherwise the bride would abide without and the bride when she came up along with the house of the steer beheld the sunbeam that woodfather's children had made a lair for her without like a hare's form and forsooth many a time had she laid under the naked heaven in shadowy vale and the waste about it even as the bride had in the meadows of burgdale so when the bride was bidden thereto she went meekly into the booth and lay there with others of the damsels at arms End of chapter 41